Sit back, turn the ship over to your covass and relax. We're turning on Flight Assist. O7 Commanders and welcome in. My name is Commander Psykit and with me, as always, is Commander Mel for the win. O7 Commanders. If it's your first time listening, we're glad you found us. Every week on the Flight Assist podcast, we talk to a different commander or organisation. We find out a little about them, what they're up to in game, and we talk about the things we love about Elite Dangerous and its amazing community. Before things get started today, we just wanted to say thanks for being here because this podcast would not be possible without the support of listeners like you. So, today today I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited for this. Yeah. We're, we're talking to essentially an elite dangerous legend. Absolutely. We're talking to Commander Picard of Mission Farsight. I, I literally, I love the fact that lots of people are reaching out. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, and like saying, can we be on? But I, like, as soon as, as soon as he sort of replied to one of our tweets, yeah. I was just like, yes, yes, we must speak yep. to him. We must find out more about more about him. So I'm really, really looking forward to having having him on. Definitely, I am too. I'm nervous. I'm like fanboying out a little really? bit because, <laughs> I, well, I follow the the adventures of Mission Farsight oh, pretty same. closely on Twitter. You know, so it's like. It's like there's very little separation of, you you know, it used to be you had TV and movies and books for entertainment and you never got to interact with the people who entertain you. Yeah. Today's world is very different. Social media is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit. I'm I'm a little excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, let's find out what he's got to say. First of all, uh, Commander Picard, if you could tell us just a little bit about yourself, uh, your basics, commander name, how long you've been playing Elite Dangerous, even though I, I kind of gave away the commander name. <laughs> how long you've been playing, what you kind of do in the game, that sort of thing for people who aren't familiar with you. Sure. So uh, I started playing the game. Commander Picard, obviously, is my commander name. Um, started playing in the Alpha. Uh, I was one of the Alpha backers. Uh, so officially got my own PC to play it on in early 2015, right after the game came out, which is the PC I'm using now, obviously way more beefed up, (laughs) Um, spent a couple of years just kind of wandering, doing courier missions, was part of the empire, moved to the Federation, the Belugas came out. I had already done a couple of short range journeys to places like, um, B.Y. Canis Majoris. Uh, I went to a couple of the nearby black holes that were four or 500 light years away. And my end game was to just see what was out there. Nobody had really gone. There were very few people who had circumnavigated the galaxy at that point. And I decided I was going to go on a year-long mission to circumnavigate the galaxy and see what was out there. Nice. When I started, I had had made a captain's log um, that's on Twitter uh, at Mission Farsight. And it had 63 followers. And by day 200, we had surpassed 800 followers. And we decided that we were going to keep going. And it started in 2017. We've extended it now to a fifth year. We're in the middle of year three at the moment. That's awesome. If, if I'm remembering uh, correctly, I'm sorry, Psykid. No, 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 go ahead. Um, if, if I'm remembering correctly, you, you had started out doing just one year, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. And then like gradually bumped it up. And then I remember when the fifth year came out and of course there were some references to other ships that may have done a five-year mission that showed up in the, uh, in the bio all of a sudden I was like, (laughs) it's going to happen. There's going to be a fifth year. It's a five-year mission. There was always, (laughs) and you know, there is always the possibility of a continuing mission as well. Um, Mm. Oh, nice. We, we take it a year at a time. And we do that primarily for our own sanity. If we say we're never coming <laughs> back, then we might never actually come back. And and part of it is we, we do want to return one day. Um, the ship, the crew, everybody involved definitely will want to come back one day. It will be a sad but fun occasion to return to see all of the changes. Because when we left four years ago, there was... There was nothing. There's so much that has changed in the four years in the galaxy, and I mean, for instance, the Colonia was not yeah. there. 
when we left. Um, so, and we're getting ready to make a pass there later this year and are incredibly excited about it, but that's oh, awesome. nice. it's, it's, it'll be, it, it, we, we don't know. And especially with, with the Odyssey update coming out, we really, we really don't know if it will be extended again. Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. Thinking back to when you, when you first backed, um, back to Lee and when you were first wanting to, wanting to sort of like get, get into elite, what was it that made you get into the world of elite sure so i originally played and i'm gonna get the name of the elite game wrong but it was the (laughs) one that was in the early 90s that came out and frontier um, is that the game i believe frontier 2 i'm I'm, something like that one of them it was the one that you could land and it had like a polygon procedural generated worlds um, and it was, it, I remember playing it with my uncle and I remember playing it with my dad. Um, and we played, that was more, some, one of the first PC games I'd ever played. And so when this came out, when I saw the initial backing for it, I hadn't really followed Frontier. I think the last game I had played was their roller coaster tycoon game mm-hmm. and started watching the dev diaries with David and started really kind of getting behind the idea that this could be star trek game and i've always been a huge star trek fan as long as i can remember um but so i you know backed it and started playing it and i realized oh my god this this is exactly what we're looking for this is this is it you can go do whatever you want to do and i remember being stuck in that bubble in the alpha and not being able to leave and that whole time just going, I want to just go out and explore <laughs> yeah. 10 planets. And so that, I think that also drove kind of the end game of, I'm just going to go. I'm just yeah. going to go see what's going on. So your first time logging in would have been in the alpha then, wouldn't it? So um, me and Mal, do we, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Mal, we have no experience of being in the alpha. Correct. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. We both started a lot later. Um, a lot later than that. What was it when you were first logging in? Um, your experiences first logging in in that alpha. What were what were those experiences like? Blown away because I knew that the rest of the galaxy was going to open up, and just seeing the initial what they had kind of done, and there were glitches. And I've always I've supported Frontier for years now and Mm -hmm. they've always fixed it they've never i've never had an issue or something that was reported that wasn't fixed or at least addressed eventually um throughout the years so i always had faith that the people running the company were going to take care of the problems that were and for instance we had a we had a situation i believe about 150 days in where we disconnected and reconnected and it put us right in the middle of the neutron cone and about a quarter of a light <laughs> second away. Oh, man. So logged out immediately, got a hold of Frontier, just sent them a, a help topic, and within like 12 hours, they had responded. And we're like, okay, we're going to get you back to a station. You are going to repair you. They put me back where I was. And I mean, just stuff like that where it's completely beyond your... I mean, I've always felt like they've had your back. So Yeah. Yeah, but it was yeah. just it was really just the main emotion was just blown away because I knew that this game had the potential to be able to be played for the rest of somebody's life and never be discovered fully, which still kind of blows my mind. Yeah, mine too, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. So you you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago about you have a love for Star Trek, which I know that's something that that you share with many of us who follow the Mission Farsight uh, adventures on on Twitter. Um, so I would assume that's the genesis of your commander's name. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So okay. actually, I wanted it to just be Picard. And I didn't know when you first created the commander name that it was um, that that the word commander would be in it. So mm. I put commander thinking it'd be Commander Picard. And so now I'm actually CMDR Commander Picard. 
So <laughs> that's that's my fun story. That's my fun learning. That, that sounds really that sounds really familiar. I know um, my my husband did something not dissimilar, put in sort of like Commander, <laughs> and then like went, oh no, and contacted contact. I think he contacted Ev and got them to change it for him. Oh, <laughs> wow. Asked them if they could change it. I'm assuming at this point somebody has Picard, but potentially so. Probably, yeah, probably. With it, you know. But it's the yeah, thing I now. That was definitely the main force. I'm a huge TNG fan, original series, not a huge mm-hmm. fan of DS9, but uh, I mean, I respect all of them just for the lessons they try to teach people. Right, right. So um, you mentioned that there is, it's more than just you on Mission Farsight. So it, how many, how many of you are there on the crew? What sort of, um, what, what, I'm trying to think of the best way to word this because there's more than more than one of you on the crew. You, you mentioned um, how many is it that how many of you go into this this kind of work to create the the content that you're creating? How many of you are there? Sure. So there's two answers to this. There's the real answer, which is and use whichever one you'd like. Uh, <laughs> the real answer is I primarily create all of the content for Mission Farsight, um, right. along with my Paul Pilot Trover. Uh, who makes sure that I don't crash into a mountain because if I'm going long enough and he hears the engines humming at a high enough speed with the volume on, it really bothers him. So once you get right around 1500C, uh, <laughs> he'll still actually get up. So he's actually saved me a couple of times from um, because I keep the volume at kind of a higher level so I know when I'm about to crash into a star and things like mm-hmm. that. A lot of times I walk yeah. away from my PC because I'll be traveling to distant parts of solar systems to go check out planets. Um, so it's always at a little bit higher volume, but he's actually woken me up before. Um, the RPG answer to that is uh, there's 144 souls on board uh, the Hermes. Um, we have science, stellar cartography, engineering, security, um, and the command structure, uh, which oversee the three-shift rotation, which is Mission Farsight. Um It depends on where the ship is and what's going on. But when I'm not on the flight deck, there is, uh, we go into what's called Code Gray, where we run a shipwide diagnostic. Uh, We move uh, all the flight systems to a secure mode and make sure the ship's good to go. That's when I put all of the modules into repair mode and I power everything down. Um, When we're active, there's Code Blue, which basically means all flight systems stand up and we begin our mission day, which is primarily when we're posting on the captain's log. Um, Then there's a couple of other codes, obviously code yellow and code red, um, which indicate an issue on board, which I've had twice today, unfortunately. Um, And then there is um, code silver, which is a neutron boost. Um, Right. There's actually a code, when I do code silver, there is actually something I do on my PC because it's a neutron boost. I hit record. Um, Anytime I feel I'm going to go into a situation where I might die, uh, I automatically record it um, just in case because if it ends and you guys, if if I have to witness it, I am going to post it and you're all going to have to witness it too. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. I love that idea. Yeah. Um, I was uh, not I, expecting that answer and I love it. That's yeah, so cool. Yeah. There's a, there's unfortunately the, the, one of the side effects of this. And I, I always joke on my feed that space madness is real, but it's really not a joke. Try spending a couple of years out in space and understanding that you have tens of billions of dollars of credit sitting on your ship. And if <laughs> oh, it's God. going to lose four years of data. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! Literally woke it up so, in the middle of the night, came over to my computer, and made sure I shut the game off. Really, I mean, yeah, I'm not yeah. surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I would, I would exactly the same. Yeah, I've, I would I've go absolutely mental to make sure that I'm not sitting inside of a star. I mean, it's yep. it's gotten better over the years, but the first mm. like, two years was was I'd wake up and be like, oh god. So <laughs> no, I can I can appreciate that. I can absolutely appreciate that because it, you, I think, um, and I, I think most of the people who who have listened to Flight Assist are either like either new players, people who are starting playing, or people who are like established um, elite dangerous players. But um, for the most part, um, 
But I, I think ev- it resonates with everyone that even when you're starting out, every little accomplishment, if you were to lose that and go back, yeah, oh, yeah. it doesn't bear thinking about. Yeah, whether whether you're losing a 10,000 credit ship or a 1 billion credit ship that has a ton of engineering on it and, you know, years worth of uh, cartography data, it feels the same mm. when you've worked to get it. You know, it, it, it has that same impact for you, I think, as a player and as a commander from an RP perspective as a commander. You know, you you kind of feel that loss. So I can't imagine I had uh, I had to contact Frontier during Distant Worlds, uh, Distant Worlds 2. I was one of the first commanders to get like ganked out at Waypoint 11 when there was that mass jump where I think 11 commanders ended up getting murdered during the mass jump. And I was the first one to go and I had 320,000 light years worth of exploration under my belt at that point, just sitting in the ship. And I was devastated. I mean, there were actual tears. Mm. I just sat there like, what am I going to do? Like, this is the end. This is, I'm just going to turn off my computer and never turn it on again. Yeah. And then I, I contacted Fleetcom, contacted frontier and they, they restored me, put me right back where I was with all my data and everything. So really, um, yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. think they would do that. I didn't yeah, think they, they do do it. Oh. It's, it's kind of like a, it's kind frontier of like an everybody gets one kind of situation. Yeah. From oh my, God. my yeah. understanding. Oh, mine. I'm saving mine. Yeah, so you so yes. um I think like knock on wood, you've got a life, but I wouldn't re- actually recommend like thinking yeah. on that mindset. Don't, don't test it, but you, <laughs> I, we're pretty sure you have an extra life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I might right. use mine when they drop me out of that neutron too. So I don't I don't know. Yeah. Mm. We'll, we'll we'll stay safe on that one. Stay we'll safe, stay, stay safe, safe, Commander. Nixon. Absolutely. Nixon. <laughs> so I'm guessing I'm I'm guessing that the, like any sort of like squadrons or player made factions, anything like that, that's not really important to what you do. Oh, so yes, of course it is. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't support a faction, what are you doing with your life? That's uh, fair. <laughs> I started in the Empire, uh, and I will be honest. Yes, uh, we started. Um, with illegal smuggling, um, we moved on to more honorable things, at least honorable in the empire of, uh, imperial slaves. Um, you can <laughs> me if you want to, but if you research imperial slaves, they're actually treated quite well. Um, so we, after a while we got tired, I believe somebody was killed in the Senate and I'm not going to say their name right. And I'm not going to dishonor their memory. So I just want to, <laughs> um, so I, I know, quotes. I know some turmoil broke out in the empire and, late 2015 and we moved up to the federation we had always wanted to go to seoul um and decided to go to seoul bought an anaconda there we made our first deep space deep deep space to uh the center of the galaxy and unfortunately after 182 days we crash landed on a planet a 4g world um, I did not have my shields. I was not paying attention and was coming straight down at it going, you know, 300, whatever, <laughs> and tried to pull up, tried to boost it. Nothing worked, just plopped it. So I've yeah. been there and I've, I've learned lessons the hard way. And that's why we carry class A shields now. We carry yeah. uh, pretty much class A everything um, along with shield yep. boosters to make sure that if it ever really... And we've had the unfortunate incident of running into another commander out here uh, not that long ago. And luckily we were okay, but <laughs> he, he took some damage. Um, right. He had some repair limpets on him, so he was okay. But <laughs> Was that the eagle that you came across? And I boosted right into the side of him. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, it was, so, it was a scary moment. So are you, are you a member of a, um, of a squadron at the moment? Uh, no, I'm associated with several. Uh, the brown coats come to mind that are mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Um, one of their commanders comes and helps me, and I'm not going to remember if it's Highway Warrior or Unifex, so I'm not going to say which one. <laughs> <laughs> but one of them come out, comes out and helps me and repairs me. Both of those commanders come out regularly, probably nice. six to seven months, to give me repair limpets um, and make sure that we're good to go. Uh, I luckily just got to meet both fleet carriers, Serenity Valley and uh, Mercy of Angel, were in yep. the same system at the same time to meet me uh, out here in the Vales. And so I got to see two of them at the same time, which was super cool. 
And that's I really cool. Yeah. Thank both of them for coming out to help me. I uh, got, I got a power plant repair, which unfortunately I just took damage today. So but, <laughs> um, yeah, they repaired my power plant. I had an SRV glitch. I don't know if either one of you have ever had this happen, but occasionally the SRV, if it despawns while you're going fast or you disconnect, it will be in your shuttle bay, but it won't show up. You can't use it. The only way to fix it is to uh, sell the bay. And then... Oh, wow. So I had to... I Luckily, uh, Mercy of Angel had a way for me to do it. And I have my second SRV back again after six months. So hooray. Oh, nice. That's a good thing. Yeah, so thinking, thinking about fleet carriers... Um, how how has that changed your thinking or your thinking specifically about the deep space support array that Fleetcom has put together? Because my carrier, the Dogs of Lore, is my squadron in player minor faction, and we've got a carrier that'll be assigned to the Kepler's Crest region. We're actually on our way out there now. How has your thinking about exploring the galaxy for an extended term changed or has it changed with the advent of fleet carriers and knowing There'll be at least a handful, you know, within a thousand or two thousand light years everywhere you go now. It so I've I've thought about this a lot lately because my viewpoints change pretty radically. When I first saw fleet carriers and I saw their upgrade upkeep costs and things like that, and they're like, oh, factions can buy them, and and I'm like, yeah, there's there's some factions, but there's really not that many that are going to be able to afford these crazy costs. And then the cost went down and then they implemented them. And I've seen two and I know of another two that are nearby. And so my thought process initially was this won't work to seeing stuff like, you know, this array where they're going to be in every region and how easy it was for me to repair a power plant after years of being out here without the ability to do that. I'm like, I'm like, oof, the galaxy's gotten much smaller. And yeah. I, think, right. I think that's a good thing. And I'm going to be excited for a year from now when we look at the heat maps over the course of 12 months and see just the galaxy explode with exploration, which is what I hope happens. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Enti- I'm entirely in agreement with you there. There's it's going to be, be awesome. No, I, I hate to be the conspiracy theorist, but we know Roxola is here. It's been confirmed. It's mm-hmm. in the right. We know right. it's here. Is it in a permit locked region? Maybe, but I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. I have no evidence to back that up other than to say Colonia was found years before Frontier expected us to find it and they just right. rolled with it. So I think it's out there. I think it's findable. Um, and I think that this is going to go a long way in helping us find it. And I think once yeah. we do, I think I have a lot of crazy conspiracies on this, but I don't <laughs> <laughs> know of stars that are outside of the play box in the game itself. Yeah. We there are stars that have been visited that are outside of the box that you can explore. I'll leave it at that. And you guys can, you guys can make your imagination. We, do I need to make a tinfoil hat? Give me a second. I'll be back. Wait, you don't have one next to the desk? At this point? We, you, know we should, you should always have a tinfoil hat available. I really should at this point. <laughs> yes, there's, there's a, we can see other galaxies in the game. Which yeah. Really- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you before we started recording, you were discussing um, uh, ED discovery. I I know that you use you use that. Is that sort of something that you would you primarily lead on, um, lean on? Sorry, when you're when you're playing, or there's some other maybe third party apps that you also use. Um, I love ED Discovery. I use I use it primarily to keep documentation. It is what has replace the notebook um while the i think six notebooks the five notebooks five <laughs> um of different discovery <laughs> i've written down coordinates it's much easier to take a picture um yeah. discovery for those of you who don't have it and unfortunately are on console and can't use it uh which should change with the next gen console so keep an eye out but um oh really okay i've heard that you're going to be able to hook api up yeah um, but oh, they, nice. They, uh, it tracks everything that you do. It tracks your log directly from your file and you can go in and it'll show you 
what you scanned and you can set notes, you can attach pictures. All of my pictures are saved in actually three formats. There's the Twitter format, there's the 4K format, um, and there is an uncut version, which is in, I think, 1080, uh, that just has, it's, it's documented all of the systems and the coordinates, the day and the time they were taken. It automatically does that for me. Um, so every picture, which I will eventually release probably when the mission is over, it's going it's going to be quite a file. Mm-hmm. Um, will which is right now I'm I think it's about thirty two thousand photos have been taken. Uh, wow! Be able to see what <laughs> it was when I took it. Uh, you'll be able to visit it and see it for yourself. Um, nice. So that will be kind of my gift to everybody when we return. But it's a great app. If you don't have it, please get it. Um, they update it all the time with new stuff. Shout out to them. Um, I don't know if they have a Twitter. I would love to link it if they do, but I'm not sure. We can uh, try and find it. And yep. if they do, it will be in the in the I, info. Yep. Uh, or um, we'll find another place to put it as well. <laughs> another one of my absolute favorites, uh, EDSM, Elite Dangerous Star Map at edsm.net. Uh, they will track all of your stuff. Another, I'm sorry, really quick on ED Discovery. You'll occasionally see me post... Um, Updates uh, just says send a in current position to federal command. I do it every couple of months, but there's a 2D map that will track and you can set custom dates and times to see how much length you've covered or what you've visited and things like that. So there's great ways to search your data too in there. Yeah. Um, oh, nice. But ED Discovery has galactic records. Unfortunately, Elite Galaxy Online went offline, I believe, about 18 months ago. Um, but they were a great resource. So I'm still going to shout out to them because they had all of their really cool way to um chart galactic discoveries and it was api hookup too so if you guys are listening please bring it back i miss you um, <laughs> it's always sad to see a community like that or a website like that die so i know it's i know the one yeah. is still there i check it regularly um so i'm sure you guys still have the um server behind it but um uh, other than that um i mean i use a few other ones but a lot of the other ones are on trade which I don't need. Mm. Uh, they're great resources. I know EDDB, I believe, is the other one that I put all my API data on. I don't check it that regularly because it's primarily for trade, again, where you can pick up different stuff. I know it's a good resource, but I don't need it right now. Yeah. So, so for, for you, it's really sort of the um, sitting heavy into um, ED discovery. Yeah, that's a great way to save your data. If you want to go back, if you're going on a long-range expedition, um, something like that, and you really want to track it, um, you're going to be able to move all of those files too into a zip. So if you want to save it and send it out to the community to kind of show where you were and everything that you did, which again, I'll probably do um, for those who want to troll through 20,000 pages of data, um, just to kind of see that it was done. And yeah. I did. So Nice. Um, quick question on ED discovery. I know a lot of people have said that they have issues with it being resource, a resource hog. Have you experienced that? Or do you have, uh, any suggestions for people that want to use the tool, but for some reason or another, feel like it's, uh, it's kind of maybe sucking their system resources a little bit. So there's, there's two ways around this one, get a solid state drive, which it clearly says in the information panel in the lower right screen. Um, there is because it does take up a lot of when it's it automatically uploads everything that everybody's done from the api onto your ed discovery because ed discovery actually has a 3d map and you can see all of the other systems that are explored in real time um so it updates that constantly on your computer which is going to take resources there is an option which i believe is in the i'm looking at it right now let me see if i can find it real quick uh, it's in the tools and the settings menu, um, and you can enable star data download um, in there. Um, and if you unclick that, it will not automatically update it. Um, you can go in and click update, and it'll do it, but it won't automatically update that data regularly. Go in there and play with the settings, because there's a way to even pick certain sectors that it will download all the time and sectors that it will not. Um, so. If you're out exploring stuff in your region, you can do it and then disable it as you move. 
Um, so there's a lot of cool settings. It's a very customizable app. You can even set up the way the UIs laid out, the color scheme. I mean, everything. Yeah. I got as far as changing the color scheme and then, um, <laughs> you, you know, like the important things I got as far as changing the color scheme. And then I was a little bit, I'm a little bit daunted by it. I'm not going to lie, but I think, um, from what you've said, I think it's certainly worth something that's worth having a look at when I begin to do, I'm planning on doing a little bit more exploration now. And I feel like that's a really, really, really good tool. It's a good time to explore. Mm. Especially with all the DSSA stuff that's going it's, on yes, as well. It's definitely, it's, it's much safer to explore now. Than when- yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. It does give you that little bit of warm, fuzzy feeling knowing that there are places you can go to get repaired. And yeah. uh, if something bad happens, you're probably, you could probably call for a fleet carrier to come grab you much easier than it would be. Hey, you know, I'm a uh, 60,000 light years away from, uh, from the bubble. And I was just wondering if there's a wholesale in the area. <laughs> yeah. Just curious. It definitely gives yeah. you a sigh of relief. I mean, yeah. And- been times where I've been out in Kepler's Crest or with places way mm-hmm. out there where I'm like, okay, if I were to, something were to happen, the closest help is probably 20 to 27 hours away if they jump all night. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's, it, there's definitely a comfort. There's a little bit of uneasiness. My space madness side worries about pirates and things like that. Um, right. I do play in open mode because I feel that's part of the game. Uh, right. I understand people who don't. And there's been times definitely where I'm just like, I don't care about the immersion. I'm going to go into private group now because I don't want to get yeah. blown up entering, you know, the system. Um, so right. I did that when I stopped at uh, Farsight Expedition Base last year. I went into private because I just I was like, no, I'm good. Um, so I don't know. I'm hopeful that I can return to the bubble in open mode. I would love to with a group of people. Um, I worry about it. So I don't know. I'm not sure yet, but you know, I think if somebody blew me up, that would be a bad day for them. Probably be the last day. Yeah. Really dangerous. So <laughs> yeah, probably. So probably there would be riots. Yeah. There would be an uprising. There would, yeah. There would definitely be a space problem. I don't think that guy would ever be able to leave the station. <laughs> yeah. Right. If people would probably be willing to take the hit inside the station just to blow them yeah. up on the landing pad. Oh man. <laughs> Oh man, people be trolling though. Let's be sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, you would have all you would have to say is, "I'm coming home and open." Does anybody want to? And it would be like the end of the last Star Wars, where every ship in the galaxy shows up and is like, "We're here." You know what? I'm terrible at PvP, but I'm down to help. Right. I am absolutely down. <laughs> that, that day and time will come when I look for people, and it will probably be done under the radar and then posted about after the fact, just to. Yeah, I would really right. like to do it in open. Right. I mean, I'm not that worried. I have so many shield boosters on this thing that if we're an NPC were to stop me, I'm not that concerned. So, um, yeah, I mean, it would be it would be fun. I really don't want to like sneak back in because I left it. You know, yeah. I want to come back. Does it? Does your ship have any engineering on it? I'm going to assume no, but I'm, I've, got, I've been mistaken before. Uh, Felicity Farseer, uh, she I haven't updated FST, but that was back before. You kids, your roles that are always better than the previous one. Legacy. Yeah. So uh, I believe my light, my jump range is 33 light years uh, unladen. So it does about 32.5 most times. Yeah. Um, max. So it's pretty good for the Beluga. I yeah. think the Beluga starts at like 11 or something. So. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good range. Um Speaking speaking of the ship, what's your preferred control scheme? What do you mm. what do you what do you like to use? Is it like keyboard and mouse, Hotas, Hosas? So, um, I have the joystick and the throttle, of course, uh, but mm. I don't use it to explore. The way I have yeah, my okay. keyboard set up is my entire left hand can control every function on the ship, um, and then I have my mouse to kind of look around. Um, I'll play in VR occasionally. I do. I did finally get an Oculus. Um, oh, nice. Kind of gives me dizzy, especially yeah. when you're exploring and you're kind of just waiting to get from target to target. Um, so I don't use it that much. And it's also incredibly hard to take pictures in VR. Yeah. Um, at least for me to get into that camera and try to like maneuver it is very disorienting for me. So 
I just like to use my triple monitor. It's comfortable for me. It's something that I've used for, I think, two years now is how long I've had it. Um, so that's yeah. what I like to use. I, I'm just comfortable. I can. I have a TV and I watch Star Trek and play play this game. So That sounds like a perfect setup right there. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty close. I would love one more monitor so I could post stuff while I'm playing. Because right now yeah. my monitor, I have to... The game runs in the background while I post, which I've right. got unusually comfortable, which is letting things happen in the background. But if I hear like if red alert happens on my TV or I hear that noise, I immediately have to go into my game to make sure. Yes. <laughs> so that's the I want one more monitor. I could do it, but I have to get a mount for my wall. And I'm, I'm you know, with everything that's happened this year, I'm saving on money right now. So, yeah. Yep. Totally understandable. Like thinking back all the way through, like all of the time that you've been playing Elite Dangerous, what's um, your fondest memory or the most amazing thing that's happened to you since you've been since you've been playing Elite? Is there anything that particularly stands out? That's such a loaded question. I know. Uh, I <laughs> everything about Elite really stands out to me. I mean, has kind of transformed the way that I do my day-to-day life because it's become a part of my day-to-day life. I mean, I love to get on and I, I almost have a sense of shit. I didn't post anything today. You know, when I yeah. don't, I mean, there's days where I have to remind myself and I actually have it written down on page one of my first notebook, um, a list of mission protocols. Um, and one of them is if you're tired, don't play. And that's one that I have to repeat to myself because if I crash because I feel that I need to get on and play a little bit and post a few photos and see what's going on tonight and, you know, maybe talk to some people on my friends list and whatever. But there has to be a point where you can't do that. Um, But, I mean, everything about this game has transformed me. I mean, and the one thing, if I had to pick one that stands out, I I can't even, I'm going to pick two. Okay. The community. Um, I mean, I was, it was, I, I hate the things that have happened in this world this year and in relation to the pandemic and, you know, the, the horrible and, but the one good thing that came out of it was that, uh, LaveCon was virtual and I guess, yeah. this year. yeah, um, I was lucky enough to hang out. I wasn't there. I was there a couple hours each night, but I got to go into the zoom chat and kind of talk to people. And that was, that was really cool. Um, I was really happy that I could, uh, could do that. Um, and I hope they do some sort of virtual thing next year, just even if there is one, because I hope so too. It was a lot of fun. Like LaveCon and VCM this year were really, really good fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, it was a really neat time and I was talking to, I'm, I can't remember his name and I feel bad now, but we were, I was, he was up to like 4am and it was like me and two other people just chatting in the LaveCon Zoom chat um, <laughs> about going on in the world and just Elite Dangerous and Odyssey and everything. And it was really cool. So um, if you're listening, I apologize. I forgot your name, but shout out to you guys. Uh, <laughs> that was really fun. Um, and I hope we can do it again soon. But I mean, we started this mission with 67 followers. We're so about to surpass 2,500. Um, I mean, we've had, we had uh, the Sagi magazine. Uh, we were in that last month. I mean, that was astounding. Um, you know, David himself congratulated us on our day 1000 frontier, sent us a signed dev uh, poster of every, with everybody's signature on it. Oh, wow. That's I mean, so cool. Yeah, I mean, it's really, that's really kind of blew me away. And that's one of the real big reasons that we've continued to go is because we never, I never thought that it would gain the following that it's gained. And it's really neat to have people reach out to me and say, hey, these are cool. You know, you've inspired me to go out and explore. You know, these pictures make my day. I mean, I can, hundreds of DMs from people that I have that, are just, I mean, that makes my day when people send me that stuff. So that's why I really do feel bad when I don't get on because I hate to think that somebody's like, oh, he didn't post anything, but I can't crash the ship. So I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's right. fine. <laughs> yeah, I think most commanders would probably understand yeah. that. <laughs> and then posting them when I don't play, but all of the photos are posted in real time and I'm going to keep it that way. 
Uh, I like right. that way. I think it's fun. I That's awesome. What's going on in real time where I am. Um, the 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 other one that would stand out, and I know this is a longer answer. Sorry. It's, um, no, it's all good. Yeah, keep going. Okay. Yeah. Would be uh, Commander Michael um, from last year. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, everybody in the elite community knows about him. Um, but he, when I heard about him, I was really kind of, and I know the elite community had done amazing things for commanders before their stations named after fallen commanders, tourist beacons out by Beagle Point. Um, so I knew that they were going to jump on it and they didn't let me down. And, you know, Sally and Paige went out to visit him. And, you know, the one thing I do is name earth like worlds after people. And, you know, it's just kind of my salute and thanks for your follow. And I named one after him and his uncle sent me a thing saying that he was really like touched by it. And I was lucky enough to get into one of his Twitch streams for a few minutes, uh, about a week before he passed away and was lucky enough to say, you know, I, you inspire me. And he said, you do too. And that's, uh-huh. you know, and then the next weekend we were, I was watching him. And they were and they were on for a few minutes, and he got off really suddenly. And then I had heard he had passed, and it was. I mean, it, yeah. I I just fell down. You know, I mean, it was. Yeah. I couldn't. I I just couldn't believe it. And I and then I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I I got to meet this kid for like a few minutes, but it really like it hurt because it felt like a you know somebody that I knew and somebody that shared the love of this game. Yeah, and yeah, that I yeah. could make him feel a little bit better was it just blew me away um i mean it it really blew me away um i'll never forget that i'll never forget and that's one of the things that have defined me as a gamer was that was i i felt so glad that i could you know if it was just in some minute way help him feel a little better you know and the community just rallied behind that kid and yeah i'll never you know that's you don't see that in gaming you just don't see it in gaming anymore. Everybody, yeah. you know, everybody hates each other in games now, and it's a loose love up to be. And that's just—it gives me hope in social media too, because honestly, we have yeah, the, community that really yeah. is you don't see it anymore. So, especially now, I honestly think I honestly think that um, and it's it's kind of echoed. The sentiment has been echoed among the other interviews that we've done. But the elite mm-hmm. dangerous community, on the whole, are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they are absolutely yep. fantastic. Um, I, one thing that breaks my heart is that more Americans don't like this game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really. I feel like Americans should love this game because yeah. we're all about look at spacex i mean that was kind of the one thing throughout all this where it kind of united all of us to look back to the stars and i mean we went to the moon <laughs> but yeah for some reason i i mean i talked to people and they're like yeah i played it wasn't really interested i'm like what is wrong with you you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> immensely and i talk about this every time i talk about video games i talk about elite dangerous because i try to get as many people to at least try it as possible because yeah i find it astounding as long as you have a bit of imagination, you do need a bit of RPG skill to play this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. There, true. I don't, I don't believe there's a lack of content. I just believe people have a lack of imagination. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's true too. I think when when people ask me, and I know Psychit has kind of the same philosophy. When I get asked by somebody who is considering buying this game, um, and and they say, "Hey, I'm I'm on the fence. I don't know if I should get it or not. Should I?" I always tell them, yes, you should get it. Understand there's a learning curve and understand it is not going to hold your hand like most games do. Mm. There's not a narrative that takes you from the beginning through the middle through the end. It's a choose your own adventure book where you fly a spaceship and you are in control of everything that happens to you. Like there's nothing that's going to, you can find some missions that'll send you from, you know, spaceport to spaceport, or you may see the name of a system or a star that makes you think, Hey, I want to go visit that. Cause I can, I can, you know, for whatever reason, but it's not going to tell you, Hey, you finished quest a, please go do quest B and wait patiently for you to get the right level requisite or whatever, before it gives you, quest c like right. th- it's just not that kind of game 
And I play, I play games like that. I mean, I, I you know, I respect games like that. I play, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a call of duty mentality to me where it's right. your story progression. The way I describe this game to people who don't have it, that are nerds is it's <laughs> uh, the D and D of space games. Yes. You, yep. you, you create your character, you need some imagination and you guys I'm sure can see it when I post things in the log. And when I talk yeah. about, be here you know i'm always rpging this game and i do it when i talk to strangers about it because i can't really break it sometimes uh, yeah. when i post that stuff that's the stuff that's going through my mind when i when i come up on these planets and i'm like okay we got something going you know that's that's just how i think about it is you have to have a little bit of imagination kind of put yourself in a character to be able to play this game and really enjoy it and you have to not get mad at it. You have to understand, and I wish more people would play an open, because I think open is a fun part of this game, and understanding that pirates would exist in a, in a space universe. That's just what they are. Now, if they come up on you and don't kind of, you know, they just blow you up, but if they ask for your cargo and you refuse and they kill you, that's just part of the game. And if you didn't, you know, if you didn't engineer your ship the right way, well, I'm sorry, but that's, <laughs> that's part of the game. Mm-hmm. Right. So I right. respect. I respect. Like I said, I don't care if you play one way or the other. I understand people want to relax, but yeah, I really like to enjoy the RPG element of it. And I think that if they made it a more story-based game, I don't think I would enjoy it nearly as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite things is to be able to. I'll take uh, wife for the win outside, and I'll say, "Hey, look, that's Rigel. Now come inside with me, right?" And then boot up Elite Dangerous and go look, we're flying to that star that we just saw outside. Yes. Like I love, I love being that. able to make that one-to-one parallel. And, and it's, it's the only way that I'm going to get to go visit those things in my mm-hmm. lifetime, you know? Yes. And there's one of the things that fascinated me was, and I don't, I'm not going to remember the system name, but a system was discovered recently um, by astronomers. And when they looked it up in Elite Dangerous, it had the same amount of planets um, mm-hmm. that the that the actual system had. And the system that was in the game was a procedurally generated system. Um, and they've changed it to make it look more like the system NASA discovered. But just the fact it had the same amount of planets has always kind of fascinated me. And I'm like, how close did procedural generation really get? Um, they did a really cool video that is on YouTube and it's about an hour and a half when the game first came out. And it's how they built the Elite Dangerous Galaxy. And it's very, very interesting um, on yeah. the science behind the procedural generation engine. And I strongly suggest that um, you guys check it out because it's really, really neat. And so that, that's also was one of the reasons I really wanted to explore because there is a lot of science behind how the game was mm. made. Yeah. Yeah. The Stellar Forge engine is absolutely ridiculously accurate. I think it was the um, it was the Trappist system, right? Trappist one. Something like that. Yeah. I yeah, think the, so, yeah. They found and then they, they went in and, and they didn't really have to change it. They just had to fine tune. They had to move it. Something like that. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I do know the number of planets was correct, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the Stellar Forge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's re- I mean, it's a really neat idea that, you know, you've got a system and that goes all the way back to uh, Frontier and Frontier 2 to, to the early 90s where they were they would take the mass of a star and use that to determine, you know, the likelihood of the number of planets, the mass of the planets, the distance they would probably coalesce from the from the the parent star body, whether it's, you know, a primary or a secondary or a tertiary star. Like it's it's that same philosophy and it's all based in science. And because of that, it tends to be pretty reliable, though every now and then you end up with a mid-rand hollow. It does happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> New Africa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> but that's that's part of the fun. I mean, there's always and you you really don't know what's out there. And we don't know if something like that, just by mathematics alone, if the universe is infinite, there is something like that out there. Um, right. So it's it's fun to find what I call the space anomalies of the game. Um, yes. You know, for the haters, the glitches of the game. Mm. Um, <laughs> and that's 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 another fun part of this game is you can chalk up almost anything. Oh, space anomaly. Um, <laughs> yep. really, the planet disappeared for me today. That was a big old anomaly. <laughs> not that long ago, and it. Was, there was a it was a procedural generation error, and it shot a straight square 
about four kilometers up from where I was. <laughs> and I get in my SRV and I'm like, well, <laughs> uh, alien structure? I'm not... Well, I'm sure, sure, sure let's call it an alien structure. Right. This is the factory where monoliths are created. Uh, <laughs> Found it. Rocks a yep. <laughs> yep, that's Get it. Done. That's it. That's the up. <laughs> or is that square tower, and we just didn't know it. Yeah. We didn't know that's what Some people report those glitches. I do not. Sorry, Frontier, but I like those glitches. And, I kind of yeah. like them as well. It, it does make it kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially after a couple of days or months of not seeing anything, ice worlds and ice worlds, and understand this is. <laughs> One of the, a lot of people ask me to stream and I've thought about it lately. And then I have to remember that a lot of my time is spent scanning L-class dwarfs with 11 ice worlds around them. I don't know why. <laughs> always 11. Um, and I know exactly what they're going to be. So it's, I mean, you get the occasional, but you get, when you get that one water world that's around that same L-class dwarf, I mean, it's, it, it makes an, the average exploration seem really cool. So yeah. yeah. I've thought about streaming, but I don't think a lot of people would enjoy it because you'd just be hearing me rant about how I have to scan all these ice worlds. <laughs> uh, um, so thinking back to thinking about all of the L-class stars and all of the ice worlds and all of the uh, square towers that you have come across in your travels, if you could go back to the day that you originally set out on this whole Mission Farsight expedition. You were in the Beluga for the first time. You pointed your nose away from the bubble and started going. If you could go back and give that crew any advice, what would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. Sorry, I got to think about that one. <laughs> It's it's kind of a catch twenty two because you also don't want to break the temporal prime directive, right? So. Exactly. <laughs> Not the guys of the 29th generation that are going to show up at my house. Um, yeah. I would probably say to them, don't worry as much as you worry. Um, it will it will all click into place. Um, at the time when I left. You know, like I said, we we kind of just posted it. And I mean, it wasn't even, it was Mission Farsight, but the, the Twitter account wasn't. That was actually my personal Twitter account that's since been changed. Um, it, it would, you know, the, the followers will be there and, you know, people, people will come to, to come to come to like it because I honestly didn't know. I wanted to explore and I was going to regardless, but I was kind of worried that, I would get, I would spend the year out there and wouldn't really find anything. And it would kind of be a waste of my time. It has been anything but. And I will say that to any explorer who thinks, man, this is, takes a long time. And it is not for everybody. Um, right. Exploration is definitely not for everybody. But for those mm-hmm. of you who do kind of look into the sky um, every now and again and look up at the stars and wonder what it'd be like, go explore. Um, you will find things in this game and I will tell you without telling you, there is a, another log in this game that I have of things that I have found that I'm not, I'm not going to release, um, of truly, truly unique things that I have found. Um, <laughs> oh, cool. once I sell the data, um, yeah. I'm a bit greedy. Um, yeah. And I, I want my name under those things, but there are some very amazing planets and very amazing orbits, um, and some some other anomalies that I won't get into that are that may that have made it worth it. And more, more than anything, if you're looking to explore or you're a new player to this game, um, don't get discouraged. Um, it, or if you go out and you haven't found anything for a month, don't get discouraged. Um, it it is there. Um, it is, it is blind luck. So don't think you're going to jump to all the G class stars and find the most earth likes. Trust me. It is blind luck. And just yeah, it's definitely not going to happen. Can confirm. Yep. So, <laughs> my biggest tip, if you're tired, turn the game off. Yeah. Turn yeah. The game off. Do not hit a star. Yep. 
Definitely good advice. Do not hit a star. It's probably right up there with bring a fuel scoop. Uh, don't forget your limpets. Don't fly without uh, rebuy. Yep, don't fly without rebuy. All that good stuff. Um, so if we take that question, we flip it on its head, and we say, you get to go into the future. What is one thing that you are looking forward to or that you would like to see from the Odyssey expansion that maybe hasn't been talked about? We don't know about, you know, it's it, what are you looking for? What would be that one gem of content that would just make your heart sing? I've learned this is this is the response that I've readied for this question because <laughs> other podcasts. Um, I've learned not to overexpect things from Frontier. Yeah, uh, I what I hope will come is some sort of in ship exploration. Um, I have I have concerns, and I know that Frontier will release it, and they'll release it right. Um, right. Don't think that. I, I've, like I said, I've learned, I've learned not to overexpect from them. I think that we need to wait and see. Um, I, we've confirmed atmospherics, or at least in some form, some form of atmospheric landing, which I'm super excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see how you have space legs without some way to explore your ship. So I'm pretty sure we're going to see that coming, which look at the Hermes and look at the Beluga class with that huge window up top in the atrium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even the Anaconda has a little observation deck underneath the uh, uh, I worry about some of the um, people that play who expect a ton of content and again can't really don't really play it as a character and play it more of his game um, because I think that a lot of it's going to be RPG based at least at first. Um, but I'd love to see some form of repairing my ship inside. Uh, yes, some form of power plant repair. Whether or not, yes, that, yes. Kind of, I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, but I would love to see something like that. I'll be curious how they do how they implement exploration with space legs because they'll, yeah. they'll have to be some form of exploration with space legs, whether yeah. they're picking up a rock and analyzing it with some sort of HUD or what. Um, but they've also said that the current planets and the way that they're mapped are going to be completely different. So will we, right. see, will we see caves? Will we see more form of biologic life? Um, these are all questions that I'm super excited to have answered. Yeah. I, them 100%. I know they've put a lot of work into this, and I know that the dev time has taken up more staff and more actual time than creating the game itself. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful, but I will support whatever comes out, because in the end, I've played this game from the alpha. I've played it from bare bones nothing um, to what it is today, so any addition, I'm excited about, for sure. Absolutely. Nice. nice. And also... And it's not really about the game. Is it? I mean, yeah. it is, but... The community, I think, is more important than the game mm. itself. And I think that the people who don't like the game and hate on the game aren't really, you know, I want to say they're part of the community, but we, I think we know who the true community members are, and those are the people that I fly for. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. And also, talking about the future, what is what is the future of Mission Farsight? <sighs> oh... That's a good question. I mean, what's the future? Anything in 2020. Um, <laughs> the, the, the plan right now is to, uh, we're going around the, hang on, I will pull up an EDSM map so I don't mispronounce any of this. Um, <laughs> we're at the uh, Centaurus arm right now. We're in the Vales, and we plan to come around towards in the uh, Norma arm, which is towards the center of the uh, galaxy. Um, and then we're going to go out right in our own little arm of the galaxy past the Crab Nebula um, and into uh, Tenebris, which is a very faint part of the inner spiral. Uh, and then we plan to come back out and hit uh, the bubble in year five. Um, no spoilers, but the mission flight plan is always subject to change. Wonderful. Gotcha. So I look we, forward to witnessing every... Obviously, with the Odyssey DLC coming out, I rolled my eyes when I saw that it was going to be released in January and not because I didn't expect them to postpone because I'm like, of course, I've been out here for... It'll be on year five that we will... Um, they'll release it. And I'm like, of course, they're going to release one of the <laughs> yeah. DLCs that they've had 
in five years on my last year when I'm supposed to be coming home. So we'll see. Um, I'm not sure yet. Awesome. Awesome. It'll be hard to return. It will definitely yeah. return. Um, it's kind of become a, I don't know what, I mean, I do know what I want to do next. Um, the plans to take a type 10 heavy and fill it with, uh, the eggs from Ridley Scott station and launch them into yes. black hole and put them on. <laughs> Uh, we're going to take an economic route to Beagle Point um, and see what happens. Maybe that's how we get to Roxley. Maybe. 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 You never know. That would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that concludes like a lot of the, that most of the questions for the thing. Thank you so much. This has been really, really awesome. We do have, however, a little lightning mm. round that we like to throw in right towards the end for oh, a bit of fun. Lightning round. Yeah, of course I'm doing yeah. the lightning round. Of course yeah. we're doing the lightning <laughs> Um We're going to throw in the lightning, lightning round right now. Um, uh, just try and answer as quickly and as accurately as possible. Um, I, and if you are ready to start... Yes. We will start now. What's your favourite ship? Beluga. What's your least favourite ship? Mm, Cobra Mark III. What's the best ship? Beluga. And what's the worst ship? I would probably say the Federal Gunship. What's your favorite station? Uh, Farsight Expedition Base. Your favorite system? Sol. True or false, is there a free anaconda at Hutton Orbital? False. Are you Alliance, Federation, Empire, or Independent? Independent. Who's your favorite power play leader? Duval. If you're out of gas, would you call the fuel rats or suicide? Fuel rats in a heartbeat. <laughs> and if you've got low hull, do you t- call the hull seals? Do you keep going or do you suicide? None of the above. I call Unifex or Highway Warrior. <laughs> True or false? Is there a flea, free fleet carrier at Beagle Point? No. <laughs> and finally, flight assist on or off? Off. All the time. Unbelievable! <laughs> yeah. Unless you're listening to this podcast, then of course. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, is there anything that we haven't covered today that you want to talk about? Uh, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been super fun. Uh, just a quick shout out to uh, Commander Highway Warrior, Commander Unifex. Thank you for coming out and repairing me sporadically and to everybody who follows me on Mission Farsight. And if you don't, go follow me. Um, it's It's been a privilege. You guys are super great. And thank you for your support. When I lost my friend last year, you guys were there for me. Um, yeah. When I got COVID-19 earlier, uh, a few months ago, you guys were there for me. So thank you. Um, it's, it's truly a privilege to fly for you guys, and I fly for you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Finally, 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 Plug your stuff. Where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Mission Farsight. That is where the captain's log is. Um, I, you can also go to Commander Picard on EDSM. Um, I'm on there. Um, as long as I know you, I will friend you up because I share my location. I just have to be super careful. Um, so go to yeah. Twitter. That's my primary place. You can DM me there. Um, I try to answer any replies I get. I follow it pretty closely. Um, and I will uh, see you guys in the black. All right. That's wonderful. Holy <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. That was freaking what? awesome. That was such a good talk. And I mean, that was, he- that was definitely, that was definitely a little bit heavy. Oh, yeah. But. I feel like it, it's complete. It's exactly what I wanted out of that conversation. Yeah. It was so good. And yeah. it was so good to get to talk to him and get that sort of different, that different insight. We haven't had that. Yeah. I don't think we've, I really, of everyone that we've spoken to, it really feels like a different, a different insight uh, into the world of elite yeah. and how, how, Commander Picard views Lee as opposed to say some of the other people that we speak to. Oh, it yeah. was it was wonderful. It was really, really, really good. Really good Including, to sit down and have that yeah, talk. Yeah, it, it it even made me like I found myself at times like thinking about what he was saying and thinking that, you know, 
like it, it was having I was like starting to challenge my own thoughts about the game. Yeah. With some of the stuff that he was saying. Um, and I think his perspective, having been in it since the alpha, mm. he has a very unique perspective because he saw elite and was playing elite when it was at the point that Star Citizen is now. Yeah. You know, when there were just a handful of systems, when there were glitches left and right, when nothing worked the way that you anticipated, but you could feel what it was going to become yeah. one day, you know? Yeah. And that's that's a very different perspective than anyone else we've talked to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just, it, was, it was, I think if there's one overarching thing, and I've probably said this before, um, and I will absolutely continue to say it, but I think if there's one sort of overarching theme that we find when we're when we're talking to people, it is how much they value the elite dangerous community over yes. any other community in any uh, any other game that's um that's played. And I yeah. I cannot echo that sentiment enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. It's definitely, it definitely always comes back to the community. Mm. Always. Yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this week. Um, you can browse episodes and check out more information about the podcast on our website, flightassistpodcast.com. And you can stay up to date by following us on Twitter at flightassist underscore ED. Remember, this podcast is all about commanders and communities, and that means you. We'd love to hear the questions you want us to ask our guests. And if you're an elite dangerous commander who wants to be a guest on the podcast, or if you'd like to nominate a commander to be our guest, we need to know that too. Send us your questions and information on Twitter by tagging flightassist underscore ED, by email to info at flightassistpodcast.com, or by dropping us a line using the contact form on our website. You can also visit our Discord, which will be linked on the website. Woohoo! Discord. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> until next week, this is Commander Mal for the win. And Commander Psychit. Handing the controls back to you. I'm leaving. Flight assist off. <laughs> <laughs>